Yantif. Um, so maybe not as personal, where's Tina? Maybe not as personal, but in the introduction to the Tanya, the Alter Rebbe's introduction to the Tanya, you know, if you want to know what a book is about, the theme of the book, it's always a good idea to see the introduction. And in, in the Alter Rebbe's introduction to the Tanya, he gives you a little bit of a behind the scenes, like a backstory for why he wrote the book. So he says, for decades, he was the person that whenever a chassid of his, a disciple of his, a student of his, had a challenge in their avodat Hashem, in their spiritual journey, they'd come to him and they'd you know, bear their life, so to speak, and he would guide them, mentor them, advise them how to become a more connected Jew, a deeper Jew, um, a, a Jew who lives more with the teachings and the ideas of Hasidus. And then he says that as the community grew larger, there simply isn't enough time in the day to have these personal one-on-one -on -one meetings with my chassidim, with my students, with my disciples. So he makes the very painful decision that it's time to write this stuff down, to write it all down, so that he can share it with the larger community and that people can, can, can use it and can be inspired by it, by it, not only today, not only in his community, but for posterity. And in, in the introduction, he uses these words, fascinating words. He says, the kulam hain chuvot al shalot rabot, all everything that I'm writing are answers to the many questions that I've received um, for advice by the people of our community, each person according to where they stand in their spiritual journey. And my goal is to give them these answers so that they have them at their fingertips, and also so in case they forget, they can use it, use it as a refresher. Al-Kain, he says, therefore, rashamti kol hatashuvot, all the answers, al-kol hashelot, for all the questions you might have, so that you can have it right in front of you. And that's a very bold statement to make. In this little book right here, he says, I put all the answers to all the questions, right here in this book. Let's think about it for a second. The, the, the Talmud, written by Rav Ashi, Ravina and Rav Ashi, over 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago. The Talmud has over 60 tracts, 60 volumes. And that doesn't even cover all the questions in Judaism. The Rambam, when the Rambam, Maimonides, codified his, the work of halacha, of Jewish law, answering all the questions that one might have in Jewish law, it took him 14 books. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of books of Jewish philosophy, um, books that, are, that teach one how to, Torah books, that teach one how to become a better person, how to become a better Jew. How could the Alter Rebbe say that this little book is the one that has all the answers to all the questions? What is that? So let's rewind about 30, 30 or 40 years. The Alter Rebbe published the Tanya in the year 1796, if I'm not mistaken. So his, the Alter Rebbe's mentor, his master, was known as the Magid of Mizrich, Rebbe Dovber of Mizrich. The Magid of Mizrich passes away in 1772, actually on Yutes Kislev. His yard site, the day of his passing is the 19th of Kislev, which is the same day that some decades later his student, the Alter Rebbe, would be released from prison, like you saw in the video. The Magid of Mizrich was the Alter Rebbe's teacher. And in the times of the Magid, who was the Magid? The Magid was a student of the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov was the founder of the Hasidic movement, the one who first began to teach the ideas of Hasidism. And in those times, it wasn't very common for your average person 
even your average Torah scholar, to be versed in the ideas and the teachings of Hasidus. It wasn't a common thing that people knew, people, people studied. And there was this one great sage, his name was Reb Pinchas, and he authored several very well-known commentaries on the Talmud, on the Torah. He authored a book called the Hafla, the Sefer Hafla, which is a commentary on the tractate of Kitubot in the Talmud. He authored a book called Sefer Hamakna, which is the commentary on the tractate of Kiddushin in the Talmud. He authored a commentary on the entire Torah. And he was a very accomplished sage, very accomplished Torah scholar. But he was not very plugged in, not very aware of the teachings of Hasidut. And to be fair, as you saw in the video, many people, especially the great sages of the time, were suspicious of the teachings of Hasidus. They weren't sure, what is this stuff? Yet they also heard that the, the, the Hasidic masters were very holy people, very spiritual people, and very, somehow, very plugged in with Hashem. So one time, Reb Pinchas was invited by a community to arbitrate a Din Torah, to arbitrate a, 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 Jewish, uh, a Jewish arbitration, a, a, a sit on a Jewish court. And he's passing through the town, he's, he's traveling on his way, he passes through the town of Mizrich, which was the town of the Magid of Mizrich. And he says, you know what, I'm here anyway, let me go in, let me see if I can have a conversation with him, let me see, let's see, try to feel out. Obviously he wasn't, he wasn't a fool. He was going to try to feel out, who, who is this person really? Why are there so many people that are so swept up in this new form of Jewish inspiration? What is it all about? So he decides he's going to visit the Magid. He goes into the Magid, he has a private meeting with the Magid, and have a conversation, whatever it is, they talk about some Torah ideas, and he, he's not impressed. He's not impressed. Whatever. Doesn't leave a really good impression on him. As he's walking out of this meeting with the Magid, the Magid tells him, Repinchas, as you walk out of my office, you'll see in the shul, in the synagogue, there's a, there's a, there's a big oven. You know, back then, the, the, the rooms were heated with these big ovens, right? There's a big oven, and you'll see a guy sitting there by the oven. He'll be sitting there by the oven, warming himself up. He's probably going to be still wearing his talis and tefillin from the morning prayers, from chakras. Why don't you go over to him and have a little chat? Talk to him for a few minutes. Speak to him in learning, as they say. Talk to him about some kind of Talmudic concept that you're into. So, the Magid made it sound like as if he was going to go do the guy a favor. Talk to him, make him feel happy. So Reb Pinchas leaves, all right, fine, the rabbi said I should talk to this guy, let's see what it's about. So he goes over to the guy and he says, sir, your rabbi, your teacher, your master said that I should have a chat with you. Let's talk about something. What are you learning? And this person's name was Reb Zusha. Later he would become famous as Reb Zusha of Anipali. But at that point he was a student of the Magid. And Reb Zusha looks at him and Reb Zusha says, me? I, I think you made a mistake. You, you, you certainly misheard my, the Magid. He didn't say me. So he said, no, no, no. He, he gave me the, the whole nine yards. You're wearing the talus. You're wearing the tefillin. You're near the oven. It's you. So he says, yeah, but I, I, I'm, not, I'm nothing. I don't, I don't, I'm not a scholar. I don't study Torah. I mean, I'm, I'm barely studying the Talmud. Like, I'm at the first tractate. He shows him what he's learning. The first tractate, brachot, that's where I'm up to. So Repinchas looks at him. He says, no, okay, so if you're learning brachot, let me hear what you're learning. Maybe we can talk about something there. So they open up the Talmud and, and they, 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 they get to this page, this, this sugya, it's called this section. And you guys are all scholars and sages because we're part of the Intown Jewish Academy. So you probably had a taste of how the Talmud thinks and how the Talmud you know, throws ideas around. So the Talmud there in Brachot is talking about how to count a minion. How to count and make sure you have a minion when you pray. 
So the Talmud makes this statement, presents this opinion, or this, this, uh, this, uh, this, this, one, this idea that, in the words of the Talmud, it's Aron Vitisha Mitztarfin. That means that if you have nine people, and you have the Aron, the Ark, with the Torah scroll in it, you can combine them, the Aron, the Ark, and the nine people, that's a minion, that's ten. Easy. So the Gemara then counters that, because that's how Gemara works, right? Jews don't settle. So the Gemara says, what? Vichi Aron Gavrahu? Is an Aron, is an Ark, like a person? Is an Ark a person? How could you count the Ark as a person, and as a tenth person? That makes no sense. So then the Gemara goes into a whole other explanation and explains how, you know, what, what the original opinion meant and all, whatever. That's not, that's not important. But Rabbi Zusha looks at Rabbi Pinchas and he says, I'm learning this Gemara. And I'm a simple Jew. I'm learning this Gemara. And I'm wondering to myself, what, what were they thinking to begin with? Like, of course the Ark is not a person. How could you have even suggested such a preposterous idea? The Ark is a person? What is that? So Rabbi Pinchas looks at him and he says, yeah, good question. I, I don't know. I never thought of that. Rabzisha said, he's like, well, so what do you think? So Rabzisha says, you know, I, I don't know, but something that came to my mind is that sometimes there's a person who studied much Torah and who has a lot of knowledge and a lot of information. And yet, they remain like a bookcase filled with books. They remain as if they are still an inanimate object that contains a lot of information. So the Talmud says, this type of person, the Aron, this bookcase, this, this piece of wood, should that be considered part of a minion? And on that, the Talmud says, Vichy Aron Gavrahu, is this bookcase with books, is this person filled with knowledge, filled with knowledge, but filled with knowledge in a way that the knowledge doesn't transform who they are, doesn't change how they see the world, doesn't, doesn't affect the way that they interact with the people around them. If that person filled with this knowledge that hasn't, that hasn't lifted them out of the piece of wood state, is that person a person? Is this bookcase like a person? This is just a piece of wood. Yes, it's a person, and they're very knowledgeable, and they're a great sage, and they're a scholar, and they have so much information packed in there, but, but, but they're just like a bookcase. They just, they just contain information. Is that a person? That's not a person. And Reb Pinchas was very, very sharp and very deep, and he got the message very quickly. And he started taking that to heart himself a little bit, and he looks at Reb Zusha and he says, Wo lernst du das where do you learn this, this approach to, 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 to Judaism? So Rabbi Joshua looks at him and he smiles and he says, for that, you have to stay here for a while. <laughs> and Rabbi Pinchas, known as the Baal Hafla, became one of the greatest students of the Magid. Obviously he stayed. He became one of the greatest students of the Magid of Mizrich, one of the greatest uh, students of the Hasidic movement of the time. And when the Alter Rebbe, who wrote the Tanya, also published his updated version of the Shulchan Aruch, the Code of Jewish Law. Reb Pinchas was one of the people who the Alter Rebbe sent that original copy to to get his approval, to have him look at it before it was published. Because the Alter Rebbe, Reb Pinchas, connected in such a deep way. Reb Pinchas was, but became, became a, a very, very great chassid of the, of the, of the Magad of Mizritch. Chassidus 
is not just another volume of information, another discipline. Hasidus is meant to transform us. Hasidus is meant to give us a new set of glasses, a new lens through which we see the world. So when the Alter Rebbe says in the Tanya, in his opening lines here, he says that when I write this book, I'm giving you kol ha-teshuvot, al kol ha-sheilot, all the answers to all the questions, he doesn't mean I'm giving you lots and lots and lots of answers. What he means is I'm giving you an answer that when you hear that answer, when you acquire and integrate that perspective, you won't have any of those same questions anymore. All of those questions will dissipate because this is one idea, this is one concept, this is one Weltanschauung that will change your reality, will change the way you see yourself, change the way you see the people around you, change the way that you, that you, that you see your mission in this world. I'm gonna finish with one very short little piece. When the Alter Rebbe, as you saw in the video, was arrested, he was asked by the Russian government, by the court, to give a deposition and respond to each of those 22 counts against him. And the Alter Rebbe did so in writing. Some of the big questions that they had about him were why, why prayer in the Hasidic community is such a core focus. Until that point, the core focus was learning Torah. Prayer was a side point. You, you prayed because you had to get it over with. But, but in the Hasidic community, it became like prayer was the cornerstone of Jewish life in the Hasidic community. And the Alter Rebbe responds to this whole, these, all these allegations or these questions in writing. He did it, did it in Hebrew. And there's a whole story about how it was translated. And they thought, and there were some people who, who tried to bribe the translator so that he would mistranslate it. Anyway, in those lines, the Alter Rebbe writes something fascinating. To, to frame for the, Russian, for the Russian government what exactly Hasidus does, what is Hasidic life about. So he says that in Boga Malitsa, which means in, when, when we serve God, when a Jew serves God, there's two parts to it. There's the learning, there's the information, the knowledge, and then there's applying the knowledge. When do you apply the knowledge? When you pray, when you daven. Davening is prayer is a journey. Prayer is an experience. Prayer is, is a time when you allow that information, those ideas, that knowledge to become a part of who you are, to become a part of how you see the world. And it's the same idea. Hasidus is meant to transform who we are. Hasidic, Hasidic teachings are not meant to be just another, another, you know, another nice insight that we put on the shelf or file away somewhere. Hasidus is meant to change how we see the world. So l'chaim, I don't have l'chaim, so, but l'chaim, to all of us, to myself, to you, that we should celebrate this, this, this new year of Hasidus, this new year, new year of Hasidus, and Rosh Hashanah of Hasidus, in a way that it not only gives us new insights, but it gives us a new way to see the world that will last with us forever. Cheers. Yeah.